Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Style Matters Podcast, brought to you by Little Yellow Couch. I'm Zandra, your host, and I am so glad you're here. This show is for all of us who want to deepen and expand our understanding of what it means to create a home. Homes we can build that aren't perfect, but they are beautiful, soulful, and meaningful. One of the questions I get asked the most is, but how do I even know what my style is? I get that. You're looking for a starting place. Or maybe you're coming up against that question because you're having trouble mixing it all together, especially when you've got a lot of different styles that you've accumulated over the years. If so, I invite you to download our free style guide. In it, you'll see that you don't have to lock yourself into one particular style category to create a cohesive feeling. What you need is a new working definition of how you're going to represent yourself throughout your home. What you need is a mashup of several different elements of design to get you started. I'm constantly tweaking and rethinking this guide to make it more and more useful. So I hope you'll download it and use it and then let me know how did it work for you to grab the free guide just go to our website littleyellowcouch.com and click on the free style finder button right at the top and in other news we are now taking reservations for our upcoming antiquing retreat at the beautiful vintage round top retreat center in round top texas home of one of the u.s's biggest antiques shows It's been a while since we've been able to host an in-person retreat, and I don't know about you, but I am really ready to get out of my house and hang out with people who are just as passionate about our homes and antiquing as I am. The last time we hosted this retreat was back in 2019, and I have to say, it sold out fast. So, I encourage you to check it out sooner rather than later if you're seriously considering it. There are several different sleeping options, which means several different price ranges with the intention of making this kind of getaway available to everyone. I really can't say enough about how much fun we have, the kinds of treasures we find, the style masterclass that you'll be getting from Becky Griffin, an absolute pro, 
Not to mention the place where we're staying. It's truly gorgeous. You have to check out the pictures. But like I said, it fills up fast and space is pretty limited. So if you're interested, check it all out on our website, littleyellowcouch.com. Just click on services at the top and then click on retreats. And I would love to see you there. Okay, moving on to today's episode. My guest is Margie Grace, founder of Grace Design, a landscape design company in Southern California. And we're talking all about our outdoor spaces today. Now, Let me prepare you. This woman is a fabulous whirlwind, or maybe I should say she's a force of nature. (laughs) She's had 40 years of experience, and she shares it candidly, frankly, with humor and without artifice. Margie simply tells it like it is when it comes to residential backyards and gardening in terms of what you should and shouldn't plant and why being honest with yourself about maintenance and how you're going to use it is so important. But Margie is so much more than a gardener and a landscape designer. In this conversation, we talk about a lot of things, including how to live a fulfilling life and putting beauty and and joy at the top of our list of priorities and why being a good neighbor or or a good person in general is so important. We talked for over an hour and I could spend days with her and never get bored. But despite her joking about it during this conversation, I did edit it down for you to about a half an hour. So if you want more of Margie, I highly recommend you get her book, Private Gardens of Santa Barbara, after listening. And now I am delighted to introduce you to Margie Grace. Margie Grace, welcome to the Style Matters podcast. We were just talking before I started recording and telling you that I, you're my first landscape architect slash professional designer of gardens that I've had on the show. I'm so excited. Thank you. It's an honor and a privilege. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, we are going to have so much fun. Uh, I am a huge, huge lover of gardens. And like we were also just saying, they're so connected to our homes, both the interior, the exterior, the architecture, and, and you, you just have such a breadth and, and, and depth of knowledge about this stuff. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. But I, I thought you could start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how did you end up falling in love with landscape design? Well, uh, it, it comes very naturally. I, I, ever since I was a toddler, I've been, you know, naturally curious and adventuresome. And I absolutely love nature. And then I'll tell you the minute that I was, again, a germane to, you know, growing up without any extra uh, uh, two nickels to rub together, you know, we always had a family vegetable garden. And there came a point when you were allotted your very first, for the very first time, your very own row in the veggie garden. And oh. that, was, that was it for me. I was hooked on gardening oh. forever. Yeah. So I love it. Do you remember what you planted in that very first oh, row? I, I do vividly. I planted Swiss chard. I liked Swiss chard. Oh, so beautiful. Um, but, but those seeds were the most improbable looking thing. You know, they're all <laughs> crumpled and like they're different sizes. They're not uniform at all. And it was so improbable yes. uh, uh, that that 
bit of, I don't know, like pocket debris, you know, would, it would, would, would turn into anything. And it did. And then, you know, then you could har you know, you'd harvest your own row with, with great pride and it'd be on the family dinner table and everybody was very encouraging. So all together, it was a, such a great experience. And that was it. I was, you know, it just took off from there. Well, and- I, I have to say that that is the experience I have Every single spring, when something comes up, like, oh my gosh, it worked again. Mm -hmm. It's rare that it's rare that we get that feeling of, um, of wonder. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and comes with it, you know, triumph, success. Ha, I did it. (laughs) So true. You know, I still consider myself a gardener first, you know, a garden maker second. And then, you know, I guess I have to own that I'm a landscape designer as I, went through my career and I'm hiring uh, people who come through traditional landscape um, architecture design stuff. They don't particularly have um, the skills or the sensitivity. I don't know what the word is to really, um, to really do a good job of building gardens that work gardens that are easily maintained gardens that, you know, you know, ecologically sort of take care of themselves, gardens mm-hmm. that support the rest of the biome, gardens that are a delight to be in, gardens that, you know, et cetera, you know, just like sort of what we long for in our garden spaces, you know? Yeah, I, I find that the same is true with interiors when you get designers that are so far removed from from day-to-day life. You know, it just becomes all about the intricacy or the wow factor or the over the top and and you forget okay but I'm supposed to be designing for humans and it has to be beautiful in a way that they can maintain it every day and just like a garden should yeah and you know I think this is not to diss um and formal education in landscape design. Once you have your book learning, you're ready to start really learning stuff. And and you learn then, I think, you know, experience is the best teacher. And that includes the failures as well as the what works. Well, and, and that actually leads me to, to my first sort of let's let's dig into the details question, which is, let's say you have a client or you're just a person who wants all you know is you want a beautiful backyard and you know a little bit like, well, I've got, you know, a couple of kids, I got a dog. Um, but all I know is I want it to be beautiful. What, what are the considerations that you need to kind of teach your clients about when they start deciding the details of what they want? So I think most of us, we can describe how we want to use the new space. So I need a place for the kids to kick the ball. You know, I've got a dog. Um, I want a few veggies, um, or like the example of a place to, um, hang, you know, relax and entertain. And then we've got that far. Most of us start looking for images like, ooh, this is a pretty space. Ooh, I like that. Um, you know, I <laughs> exactly. like that grill. I like, right? And so that's good. Now, those are really good steps. They're vital steps and they're very useful steps. And it's a, a good way to shortcut to what you're going to do. But it's not the place to start. Okay. So the place to start is from the end result. So it's two years from now. The garden's built. You're sitting in this space. And you close your eyes and you think, what do I, what am I experiencing? There's what we see. There's what we hear. There's what we smell. There we can feel the sunlight on our skin, the warmth of the sun on our skin. Uh, We can hear water trickling. So you really, you, 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 you describe in as much detail what you're experiencing. And then, you know, it's afternoon and my people show up 
and we're going to grill and chill. And <laughs> so I want, I got to have some shade where we're sitting. Um, there's some music, you know, you you just like, you just yes. go there. Right. And, yes. and, and then now, now you work backwards from there. It's a little woo woo, maybe for some, but um, it, it is the way to do things. Really, you know, you need to know your destination or you can't really plot your course, right? So, so, so we start with that. And really, uh, that's how we go. Oh, once you have that description, it's so easy to hold up choices and go, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. I, I think that we all jump, as you're saying, to this image we have. It's, it's, it's like the jump is too quick. Like we're not taking our time for that step that you're talking about. And we like immediately go shopping. We start yeah. picking out an umbrella and a and a table and some some flagstone. And um, I mean, for example, when we built our patio outside, we we'd been living here for quite a few years. And one good thing that I knew was that in the afternoon, that's and that side of the house is completely in shade. Mm-hmm. And I figured, okay, we're only we're probably going to be where we work. We're probably not going to be out here except in the afternoon. So I don't really need an umbrella. Um. So I kind of knew that, and then I also thought, oh, and I, I want, I, I had this image of of uh, moss going around the cracks of the stone. We got, you know, all this stone that was irregular. But what I didn't know was what what that meant in terms of maintenance. I didn't know whether or not moss would grow. I didn't know whether or not weeds would come up. I didn't know what kind of moss, like all that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if people come to you with these you know, this huge wish wish list and you ever have to say, okay, but then let's talk about maintenance or let's talk about what it's going to look like in five years or let's talk about water drainage or whatever. I mean, are those the kinds of things they must come up for you as well? Yeah, they do. And I mean, accuse me of being forward, but the truth is that the design is baked into the, the, the maintenance is baked into the design. You know, I have clients who they say this, you know, they hand me the wish list and I say, well, you're looking at two guys coming twice a week. Are you ready for that expense? Oh. You know, when it comes to plants, you know, there's there is that thing where you just you go to the nursery and you didn't mean to. But, you know, you've got a trunk full of plants now. Oh, yeah, that's um, me all the time. It really, It's really easy to happen. So have no shame. You know, <laughs> we're all susceptible to, t- to, to, to bringing eye candy home. If you're a novice, just pick stuff that works. I mean, if it needs if it needs hyper special pruning, you you just 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 either skip that one or or make a really good friend who's willing to come over on that one plant, your Japanese maple, you know, and make sure that yeah. it gets done right and know the difference between high maintenance and low maintenance. Yeah. You know, I mean, and again, experience is the best teacher. Um, now, people don't know this about me, but I'm on my 28th house. So while I do landscape design and construction for work, you know, I'm quietly working on my fort at home. Wow. And um, what I find that I really like is is from blight to beauty. Remember, it's that curiosity and that, you know, what would this be like? What would that look like? Let's try that. And I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not a workaholic. I, I work to get the result and then I freaking enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Don't forget that part, because if you don't celebrate what you've accomplished, it's as good as not accomplishing it. Oh, say that again. Yes. Right? Amen. Don't celebrate. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is so – we all need to remember that. I'm going to jump around a little bit, and and I want to go back to this idea of maintenance and your philosophy when it comes to water usage, working within an ecosystem. You know, I was just Mm -hmm. listening to something on the radio, and they were talking about – public public spaces in Las Vegas and how they are 
you know, kind of leading the way, believe it or not, in that part of the country, dealing with the fact that there is so much drought and there never was much water and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So they're replanting more natively. But tell us, tell us, you, you, you spent a lot of time thinking about this stuff. So yeah, tell us. I have, absolutely. And if you look and say, we're basically lazy. So a couple things. In the West here, we need to really embrace that we are, that the, the normal state is drought. And that drought is interrupted by occasional rain. And then if you are basically lazy and you don't like uphill work, then the easiest way down the mountain as far as maintenance, one is, say, in plant selection, pick something that grows to the size you want it and leave it alone. You know, why we pick something that's going to be twice as high as we want it and we 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 put it in, we water it, it grows, we cut it, we water it, it grows, we cut it. We water. It's just like, well, that, how smart is that? Not too. So right plant, right place, obviously. Picking for the conditions that you have, right? So if I want to grow bananas where it freezes, it's going to be uphill work. There's going to be cost to it. There's going to be labor to it. There's going to be waste to it. You know, there's going to be all of that stuff, right? The reality of my world is uh, wildfire, drought, um, water super expensive slash precious, you know, we've lost a lot of the, the the larger elements of the native biome. If we attend soil health, if yeah. we attend soil health, we don't have to deal with fertilizing. And if we don't have to, if we're not throwing fertilizer on it, it's not creating so much biomass. You know, we want to balance the inputs and the and the, we we want to minimize inputs and and outputs. We want to just be cyclical. It's not like that. You know, I'm on the righteous path of, you know, greenness. It's just like, man, I'm lazy. I like it to take care of itself. You know, you know it doesn't have to be anything more than just uh, observing how it goes and hopping on the, hopping on the roller, you know, hopping on the train. It does turn out to be that in the end, that, that, that landscape that, uh, that is happy there, whatever your site is, does look like it's right. And, and we call it having a sense of place. Oh, so I'm really curious about all these homes that you have been working on. And and so between your own homes and the ones you've with your clients, you've done some historical stuff. You've done casual family homes. If If you live in an older home, which many people who listen to this show do, and it still has some character, some architectural character, it hasn't been all stripped away. How can we honor the the that same era of our mm-hmm. home inside our gardens like what mm-hmm. you know how do without being that fussiness that you were talking about without being overly hard to maintain what what would you how do you do a historical garden is there such a thing we'll be back after a quick break I assume you're here because you want a one of a kind personality filled home right Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design, 
and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework, in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Well, there is such a thing. I mean, so you start with, I always start with, is this a, is this a restoration or is this like a, a renovation? So it's either like a time capsule, like everything's authentic to the period because it is an absolute restoration. It's a it's historical a museum. thing. Yeah. 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 Museum, it's a museum, yeah. Museum, level garden exactly. or house. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then that requires a degree of research. Um, and so you select, you select plants that are, um, you know, varieties and hybrids that are of the era, you know, unless, unless somebody really is, this is a historical restoration in a museum, you know, that's one thing, but most of us, we have a house. We, we love what we love about the house. We, we want to honor we we want all the things that we want on our list. We're not going to live without electricity. We're not going right. to live without Wi-Fi out there. You know, we're going to have the things. So um, what I do is I make up a story. This is a Victorian house, but but it's going to be more like Victorian ranch. So okay. anything right. that fits the narrative, like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely, I could definitely do um, galvanized horse troughs for my veggie garden. Because it's ranchy, because it's it's agricultural. And, you know, I made up this story that in the Victorian days, you know, here in Santa Barbara, they nobody ever had lots of water in Santa Barbara. They had actually, there wouldn't be a lawn. But what really would have happened is they'd use the water inside and anything left over, they'd throw out on probably something to eat. Right. Some vegetables. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In Victorian days, maybe it was actually there was a middle class in Victorian days and there was a kind of a, you know, good economic time for a lot of people. Um, But but we've always reused something forever and ever until it finally can't be used anymore. So it is okay for the wash tub to become something out the uh, a fountain out there or for a bathtub to become something out there. Right. So as long as it fits into the story, I can I can see it. I'll go. Yeah, that's a go. That that makes work. sense. Right. Yeah. Visually right. makes sense. I love this idea of having a story because that's yeah. that's we talk about that all the time on our insides is, you know, how do you, you've got so many choices? How do you start narrowing it down if you want to redo a room? You, you have to start with this this narrative. And you're yeah. saying the same thing outside. And I mm-hmm. love that it's applicable outside as well. I'm not quite sure what design is, if not telling a story. Mm. So, okay. So let's say you've got your basics down. You you know, you're pretty, you've been watching your garden for a few years and you've come to know what grows well, what doesn't, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you figured out, you got your shade down and your sun down and all that. And you've got your nice place to eat. Um, You know, someone like you comes in, would have ideas that are next level in my Mm -hmm. mind. And And they have to do with these, sort of lofty terms that you hear about from landscape designers that, that are actually, I think, the beautiful terms, but explain some of them to us. I'm talking about things like creating vistas or mm. follies mm. or destinations. What, what are these things? Like, 
what what's how can we think even beyond just the basics? You start by just sitting and observing and wandering around the place. So I encourage people to find their sweet spots. So mm. where's your sweet spot? Like I like sitting here because it's a really great view. I like sitting here because it's when it's hot, the cool breeze is there. So we sort of identify these are the these are the places we're called to on the place. You know, this I'm, I just really I just love this spot. And then and then you look, you you really do um, an inventory, literally like with um, you know a clipboard and a pencil in your hand, and you say, um, I need a screen. Uh, that's not something I want to look at. I need screening there. You say, okay, over here, I feel exposed. I need some privacy. And then you say, man, that's a really pretty view. So I want to, I want to incorporate that view in my composition or in that view. What's that view? It could be, you know, a traditional panoramic vista. It could just be the tree next door. So find your sweet spots, identify what you don't want to look at beyond your walls and what you, your perimeter and what you do want to look at beyond your perimeter. And then also then take inventory of what's there. Uh, within your bounds. And, um, you know, just as editing is the better part of writing, or in the case of a podcast, you edit these things, you don't just let me blab on, you know. Um, (laughs) um, Except that you're very entertaining, so maybe I will. (laughs) And I haven't even started cussing yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're just getting going. Anyway, so I think that, um, you know, it it is, you know, just look with a critical eye and uh, throw it, most of us can stand it, you know, throw some things away. You know, we look at our space and we start, we're not starting from nothing. We're starting from where we are. And so editing and enhancing what's there is what we're after. So you're saying, let's say, let's say you're walking around and you realize that around, you know, the four o'clock slump hits, that's when you get tired. You need a little pick me up, you need Mm -hmm. a little tea or coffee Mm -hmm. or whatever. And that's when you say, oh, well, that's the, that's, where this little spot under the tree, it gets kind of shady. Yeah, I like that. So that's where, so that becomes a destination, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where you, maybe Mm -hmm. that's where you decide to put a bench or whatever. Yeah, I should, I should, yeah, I should flop a little bistro table here if I like to sit up or like, like for, for us, my office is, my studio is always in the house and you know that I talk too loud for everybody. So (laughs) there's a nice spot to go outside and talk on the phone, you know, Uh Um, there's um, our conference room is outside. That's where the big table is, you know, Um, I start with what you have rather than what you don't have. Right. Yes. yes. And and it takes less imagination, honestly, to come in and say, well, simply all must go. You know, you can start. Sure. Start. Give me a clean canvas. Easy peasy. And and an endless budget. Who can't do that? You know, you're in trouble if you can't. But but what that really is, is the design challenge is to to give in the resources that you have. That's that's what's there already. That's the budget. And given what the site is, where the site is, how the site works, and given the people who live there, you know, that's the design challenge. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a puzzle. That is what design is. It really is bringing out the, bringing forth the best in people. Honest to Pete, we're creating beauty here. We, we're allowed to have some fun, you know, we, you, you might decide to enjoy the process. Same thing with an indoor project, same thing with a, I don't know, a volunteer project in the community, you know, whatever it is, pick, pick this day to enjoy what you're doing rather than to survive 
that thing that you don't like, you know? Right. Well, and I love that we have to remember that design and beauty, it's about joy and it's about having fun and it doesn't have to be so serious. Yeah. And, 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 and that, you know, that, that having the narrative, you know, taking yourself and your ego out of it. I mean, in a lot of ways, like HGTV and podcasts, for instance, you know, all this accessibility is really wonderful, all this information, Mm -hmm. but it also can kind of get you in a weird spot where you're like really hypercritical of yourself or what you're doing or, you know, but, but, you know, don't have design shame. You, yeah. you know what? This is the really doing the getting the very most out of the ingredients you have is really extraordinary work. All right. So I want to I want to ask you uh, and I'm sure your list is extensive, but can you give us a couple of your favorite gardens, the ones that are open to the public that you've visited on your travels? Because I know you've traveled mm-hmm. extensively. So Lotus Land all the way in Santa Barbara, Montecito, um, um, the Alhambra, uh, Granada in um, southern Spain. Oh, in, in Spain, I, I really liked uh, the Sevilla. You know, there's a lot of botanic. You always look at the local botanic garden just because it's just like it's how you see what's extraordinary about that place. Um, I do love like that stuff in Marfa, Texas, that yeah, is, yeah. you know, that's, it, that it's just whack, you know, who are we as the arbiters of good taste to say that isn't great. The guy with the 10 million whirly gigs, I mean, that guy loves his garden and, it is, and again, it's whimsical and fun. Right, yeah. And right. back to the, like anything done with that, just love, it's yes. a little hard to, and enthusiasm's a little hard to resist. So, I mean, it's really you're the one who's in the way of you when it comes to observing or, or seeing or learning what there is to learn in any given situation, right? Yeah. You mentioned if you could write a coffee table book, but <laughs> you you have written a book and you have – it's beautiful. Tell Thank us you. about it. What is it about and what can we expect to see in it? So I'm self-taught and I realized that I came in to this wor- world of landscape design and and building um, through a different door. And I, I carry a different set of tools and I've developed some methodology and that, you know, that works for me. And, and, you know, when I look at, you know, all of us see something that we can identify a garden that we love. And then we try to do that at home and we, we keep missing, mm-hmm. you know, Martha, yes. Martha Stewart, lover, hater, all of the above she brought design home in a way, you know, that kind of regular people had access. She if, did. If you shopped from the Martha Stewart aisle in Kmart at a price point that you could live with and you pick stuff from there, that darn it, it went together and it worked, you know? That's right. And, and that was really great. Um, and, and if we start from that each of us needs beauty, you know, and there's that in a lot, a lot of cultures, a lot of native uh, indigenous tribes. I mean, really many cultures have that that we need beauty, you know, it's a central, Mm -hmm. it's right up there with our Uh, primary needs. What I got to, so first of all, gardens are to be shared, Um, you know, hoarding art and never, never, you know, no one ever seeing it is not anywhere near as fulfilling as, as having, you know, being able to turn somebody onto the beauty of something. Okay. So one is you share it. Two is the way I do it. Maybe can we somehow get to design in a way that's more accessible? We are all going to the nursery, bringing home stuff and killing it. 
mean, yes. it just seems over like an and awful over waste. Again. Awful. <laughs> again and again. And when I would have that be something that, that I would have you be successful in that effort. I would have it not be wasteful. I would have it be the lightest footprint possible just because, well, geez, you know, money, time and resources are an awful thing to waste. Right. So, of course, what there was to do was write, you know, seven books. <laughs> and so the first one really is about just falling in love. So I wanted to just show a range of gardens and things that are beautiful. And then just, just um, you know, 250 to 400 words that says, you know, where we, what we started with, what we wanted to accomplish. And the, what we want to accomplish has to do with the people who live there, not Margie's, you know, masterpiece, but, but again, yeah. their garden at their house. And so now we know we, we have them fall in love. And then uh, the next three books are design. And then there's, uh, uh, there's a, another couple of yummy ones that I think are just going to be fun frolics. I think there will, I, I keep fantasizing about sexy parking lots you know, the sexiest <laughs> parking, you know, the sexy parking lot books. Cause what, all this paving that we have, does it have to be God awful? I mean, it's I God awful. can I tell you how often yeah. I complain about it? I mean, yeah. I'm constantly in a parking lot going, where are the trees? Where's the trees? <laughs> Where's the opportunity? All that water that's running off. Why isn't it, yes. you know, full of hydrocarbons? Why isn't there just a, you know, just a little slot and it could be two feet yes. wide. And, and then there is the much loved garden that will have the whirly gig guy. We have such, we are a melting pot in the U.S., sorry. I mean, as much as we're drawing lines between ourselves now and being pretty tribal, there are these extraordinary things that happen inside of, like, Mexican grandmother. Okay. The abuelita is going to have, she's going to have things of beauty and things of function around her. And her garden is extraordinary. The variety in there, her knowledge about plants, um, you know, and, and then there's the, you know, like sort of gardens of different cultures as iterated here. Look, we can all identify the palace as gorgeous, but we don't have a palace. We can all identify, oh, on HGTV, I like that or I don't like that. But the the extraordinariness of each of us and what we bring forth with the what we know and what we what we have uh, ready to hand is mm-hmm. a really interesting thing for me. Um, but right now, what I'm doing is it's a grand experiment from, oh, so the book, the book is just um, Private Gardens of Santa Barbara. And the subtitle is um, The Art of Outdoor Living. I, I think that it really is about making the most of your environment. And, um, um, and, and, and I look at human beings not as an ecological nightmare, but as a part of the ecosystem. So Margie, this has been such a fabulous conversation. I feel like, especially in the last few minutes, you you have beautifully answered my question about why does style matter, but do you Mm -hmm. have anything else you'd like to add on the Mm -hmm. question of why does style matter? Yeah, we have some negative connotations with style that can sort of look at like consumerism or, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. So in in that connotation, style don't matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Take your ego out, take your ego out of it. Um, it, What matters is it really is, has to do with with bringing forward the best in each of us. I think that each of us has a need to um, express who we are. We, we We need to sort of imprint the most vital thing in our lives really is what we call a fulfilling life. We need to contribute to others. So this same thing, if you talk about style being what we surround ourselves with, how we comport ourselves, what, how we impact our environment, how we go through our day, if that's how you define style, then it matters a really a great deal. And it may be all there is.
Margie, this has been so wonderful and so in, uh, invigorating. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hope that it's, um, that it's of some value to those who spend the time to listen. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to download the free style finder, the free guide at littleyellowcouch.com and get started on your signature style today. Uh, Also, thank you so much to all of you who have left reviews and ratings over on uh, Apple Podcasts and all of the other uh, podcast players. It really, really does make a difference. So if you haven't done it, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few minutes and just give us a review. All right. I will be talking to you soon. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.